One of the questions you may be asking is, how do I know my spiritual love language? Well, today we're going to go through some questions that will easily be able to help answer that question. Stay tuned. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. The Hearing Jesus Podcast is so excited to partner with Compassion International. We believe in Compassion's mission to release children from poverty in Jesus' name. Sponsors, when they sponsor a child, have the opportunity to see firsthand the impact that you're making through letters and updates that you receive from your sponsored child. It's not just changing the lives of children, it's changing entire families, whole communities, always through the local church and always in Jesus' name. When you choose to sponsor a child, you enter access to quality education, medical checkups, healthy food, clean water, and most importantly, the love of Jesus. Delivered through a church in their community because of a generous, caring sponsor like you. And you can speak life, love, and hope to your sponsored child through personal letters that you'll exchange. I hope you'll join me in sponsoring a child through compassion today. All you have to do is pull out your phone and text Hearing Jesus to 83393. You'll get a text back with a picture of a child who is waiting for a sponsor and a link to sponsor that child. You can also go to compassion.com forward slash hearing Jesus to choose a boy or girl to sponsor. When you sponsor, we'll also send you a copy of She Hears Learning to to listen to Jesus, my book, as a token of our thanks for investing in the life of a child. Thank you for joining me and sponsoring a child through compassion today. Hey friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. Today, we're continuing our Love Languages of God series that we've been going through over the last week or so, and we have just finished up with yesterday. We went through the five love languages, and now it's time to put it into practice. I did give some bite-sized recommendations and things to do or things to pray through or things to consider as I was going through each one, but now it's time to look at what this practically means in our lives, in our ministries, in our relationships with God, and our relationships with others. One of the things that I said at the onset of this series, and just as a reminder, this series is loosely based on the work of Dr. Gary Chapman and the work that he's done in the area of love languages. But one of the things that I had said was one of my husband's theories. He theorizes that when you first fall in love with somebody, you speak all five love languages. And that makes so much sense to me because I think in the beginning, it's really easy to love and to feel loved regardless of what love language you speak. And then as that relationship matures and ages, you tend to settle into your more typical language that you tend to speak. And and I think with the Lord, that's one of the things that I've been drawing parallels from because he speaks all five love languages. Even if we're not speaking them, he speaks them. And so I think it's really important for us to understand all of them, even if it's not our primary language, because again, it helps us understand how to interact with other people within the body of Christ. Along that same lines, though, 
If you think back to a relationship, whether it is a spouse relationship or a boyfriend or girlfriend, something along those lines, when you first fall in love with that person, or maybe you're in love now, it's kind of easy to be creative within those relationships. I mean, I think back to some of the things that my husband did. He knew that I loved Twizzlers. And I remember looking out the window at work one day and I saw there was a pack of Twizzlers on my car. I don't know what time he came because he had been working all day too, but there was all sorts of creative things that he would do in the beginning. And and he still does. But gifts isn't necessarily one of my love languages per se, but I really appreciated that he did that. And there's things that I will do for him or buy for him. It's not one of his primary love languages, but it is still one of the ways that we can express love to each other. But I think especially in the beginning, we are so creative about different ways that we can express love to other people. And then typically what happens is, again, as that relationship carries on, we tend to get less creative. And, you know, if I'm honest, there have been some holidays or some seasons where maybe money was a little bit tight and we spent the money on the kids instead of each other. I mean, there's been a lot of Christmases where the kids get gifts and we don't get anything for each other because we just didn't have the money. And, you know, as I'm thinking about this series and I'm thinking about even our own relationship, for me, quality time is more than adequate. For him, words and physical affection is more than adequate. But I think if I was somebody whose love language was gifts, that would have been really, really hurtful. But the point of that is, is the longer we go, the harder it is to be creative. And then what ends up happening is because we've settled into our own primary love language as a way of communicating love, the problem happens is when we're not speaking the same language as our spouse or as our relationship. And so I think sometimes that can happen with our relationship with the Lord as well. There are days or months or sometimes even years where we can just not feel loved by God. Now, we know that he loves us, but we might not emotionally feel that because we may not be speaking our primary love language to God, or we may not be intentional about looking for opportunities to experience God speaking his love language to us. If your primary love language is is words and you're not reading God's word, well, guess what's going to happen? You're probably not going to feel loved through God's word. I mean, it's kind of a no-brainer, but yet we settle into these behavior patterns as a natural rhythm of our day-to-day lives because of how busy our lives are. And also, I want to just point out this fact that the enemy wants to keep us from feeling loved by God. And so he will use things like distraction or busyness or whatever it is to keep us from experiencing and receiving God's love in whatever way that we need to. So I think it's important for us to realize that that same tendency is true when it comes to reciprocating and receiving God's love. I know that God speaks my love language. In fact, he speaks thousands of love languages in even more ways than I can even imagine. But for me to experience and feel loved, it really helps if I'm experiencing that in my own primary love language. Let me just use the example of praise and worship music. I think this is one that there's a lot of discussion around within the body of Christ. For some people, 
they truly do feel God's presence when they are involved in praise and worship, especially for people in the area of physical touch. If like we talked about yesterday, if they feel a manifestation of God's presence, a physical manifestation in their body, if they feel that during praise and worship, sometimes what happens is they have a more engaged presence or a more engaged experience during praise and worship that might be off-putting to somebody that doesn't understand that or that doesn't experience that same love language. Even things like our expression of worship is really influenced by our primary love language. And I think that's part of the reason why it is important for us to learn what those other love languages are, because it helps us understand why other people experience and worship in the ways that, that they worship. You know, for somebody that is more conservative and maybe their love language is acts of service, they may not understand somebody that's more expressive in their worship style. And so it's helpful to think through some of these things. But if you're still kind of stuck and you're trying to figure out, well, what is my love language or what does that look like in terms of my relationship with God? I think there's a number of questions we can ask ourselves to help us understand that. How do we discover our primary love language? Well, I think understanding what we've been talking about is the first step, but then think through how do you most often express your love to other people? If you think through your human relationships, what is the thing that you do naturally to show your love or to express your love to other people? That is your number one clue because often you give to others what you would like to receive yourself. And so for me, quality time is my number one primary love language. I'm always asking my kids to take a walk. Well, one of my kids, her love language is physical touch. She does not want to go for a walk, especially if it's hot outside, but she certainly would love to sit down on the couch and cuddle. Um, you know, my, one of my other daughters, her love language is quality time. So she will drop what she's doing to go for a walk with me. And one of my other daughters, her love language is words of affirmation. And so she will drop what she's doing because she wants to talk and she wants those affirming words, which I know to give her while we take those walks. And so what is it that you do to express love to other people? That's your number one clue. The second is kind of, if you think through the opposite of that, what do you complain about the most often? So if you're complaining about something in this area, I'm not talking about, you know, things that are out of our control, but in this area, the things that you complain about often reveal the emotional need that you have for love. And so if I'm thinking about experiences in my own life, if I am complaining, it's typically about the fact that like, say my daughter, for example, you don't ever want to go for walks with me. Well, I'm complaining about that because I want to spend time with her. She might complain about you don't have time to sit down and watch TV and cuddle with me. And, you know, just to be fair, I do do that with her a lot. She, it would be her preference that we would be doing that and nothing else. But her complaint is different than my complaint because it's a difference in our primary love languages. Hey friends, this is Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus podcast, and I wanted to take a minute to share with you about our Patreon community. 
Are you loving the deep conversations, the biblical insight, and spiritual growth content that I share on the podcast? Well, I've got some fantastic news for you. By becoming a member of our Patreon family, you can take your Hearing Jesus experience to a whole new level. When you join Patreon, you gain access to ad-free episodes, daily journaling prompts and worksheets, monthly bonus content, personalized Q&A sessions with me, giveaways, and more. As a Patreon supporter, you're not just a listener, you're a valued member of my inner circle. But that's not all. Our Patreon community is a place where you can connect with like-minded people who share your passion for spiritual growth, engage in meaningful discussions, share your thoughts, and be part of something truly special. Plus, we've got some awesome perks lined up for our Patreon supporters, from shoutouts on the podcast to exclusive merchandise and much, much more. So if you're ready to dive deeper into the journey of hearing Jesus, head over to patreon.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Your support makes a real difference, allowing us to continue bringing you inspiring content week after week. Also, a portion of any income from Patreon goes to support children through our partnership with Compassion International. Again, head to patreon.com forward slash hearing Jesus. Thank you for being a vital part of the Hearing Jesus community. Together, let's learn to live out our faith in our everyday life. The third question I would ask is, what do I request most often? What am I asking people for? So not just what am I doing for other people, but what am I asking from other people? And we tend to request from others what we need, what our deep emotional needs are. And so if you think through these questions, it's easier to maybe pinpoint what your primary love language is in your human relationships. And then once you discover what your love language is in your human relationships, then it's likely that that is a big indication of what your love language would be in terms of your relationship with God. But again, to help you kind of confirm that, you can ask similar questions. So if I'm thinking through this in my relationship with God, I would ask, how do I most often express my love to God? So for some people that might be making a meal and taking it over to somebody in the church that is sick or maybe just had surgery. For other people, it might be leading a Bible study. For other people, it might be spending time in worship or in prayer. It's going to look different for each one of you. But the thing that you naturally do to express your love for God is a big clue on what your love language is. The second question, what do I most often complain to God about? You know, maybe your complaint is that you feel like you're lonely, that God isn't around you. You don't feel close to God. Or maybe you're reading God's word, but it doesn't feel like it's God's word. It just feels like any other book. Or maybe at church, you used to really feel God's presence during worship, and you're just not feeling like that now, or you feel like you're going through the motions. Whatever you're complaining about, that primary thing, that primary complaint is very revealing to what your primary love language is. The thing that you are complaining about missing is a big clue. And then the third question is, what do I ask of God or request of God the most often? And if you listen to the requests that you're making, especially in prayer, the things that are burdening your heart, it's another way to help recognize what your love language is. You know, if somebody is constantly praying for wisdom and then they 
receive a word of wisdom, God reveals something to them through his word, well, then it's most likely that their love language is words of affirmation. Or if you are a mom and you are constantly praying for your children, for their health and for their protection and for their financial needs, all of those things, well, it may be that receiving gifts, blessings or gifts may be your love language. And so it's a big clue in your prayer life to understanding what your love language is. And most often you will find that these all line up. Your love language with your relationship with God will line up with your human relationship love language. Well, what's the point now? I guess that might be what you're saying. That's the next logical conclusion. What's the point of even knowing all of this? Well, you better understand yourself when you understand your love language. You understand why certain things hurt you more or differently than they hurt other people. You understand why you have certain aches in your heart or what you're missing or what keeps you and helps you feel fulfilled. You have a better understanding of how God created you when you understand your love language you're also better able to understand other believers. I think sometimes we have a tendency to judge other believers because they're different than us. And, you know, I've been guilty of this myself too. Sometimes in my heart, I will be critical or judgmental of other people because they're not expressing their love for God the way that I do. You know, in my line of work, especially when I was working within the local church, I would see all different expressions of love for God. And it would mean so many different things to different people. For example, I ran a program for the low-income housing projects around town. And one of the things that we did in our children's programming is we gave out lunches. I can't even tell you how many hundreds, probably thousands of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I've made over the years. And there were certain individuals that would always faithfully come and help me week in, week out making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And there was always other people that would not touch a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but they would give me money to go buy the peanut butter or they would donate the peanut butter, or they might go help pass them out when it was time to pass them out, or they might be praying for that ministry and they want to know the exact day and time I'm going to be in each location so they can pray over it. And so at first I would get frustrated, like, why doesn't anybody just want to come and help me make these sandwiches? But it took me a while to recognize that different people express their love for God and the way that they serve God because of their differences and their love languages. I think when we understand that, it frees us up from this judgment that we can tend to have for others and just accept them and love them the way that God does. Or even going back to this idea of expressions in worship, you know, I come from a more charismatic background where we are more expressive in our worship, but there are other people that come from a more conservative background and they are more conservative in their worship. And you know what? there's probably going to be both kinds of worship in heaven. And there are expressions of worship that are different. And I think when I look at somebody that is expressive, you know, I spend a lot of time in other countries and there's a lot of charismatic churches, Pentecostal churches, things of that nature, especially in Africa. And so I fit right in, you know, in a lot of the African churches, they take the chairs that they're even sitting on and they pick them up and they hold them over their head and they dance with them. And so there's this very expressive worship. I fit right in. But 
sometimes when I've taken people that come from a more conservative background, they feel uncomfortable with that, but it's okay. And then I also have to be respectful during worship when I I could be judgmental and just say, well, they're just not really worshiping God. Well, that's not true at all. They're just worshiping God in a different way. Maybe their prayer language is a little bit different, or maybe their love language with God is a little bit different, and that's okay. I think it helps us to let go of the judgment with other people within the body of Christ. Releasing them and giving them the freedom to love God in the way that makes sense is freeing for us. So as we kind of wrap this up for today, I think I would leave you with a couple of questions if you are at this point where you're trying to consider your love language, both in your human relationships and in your relationship with the Lord. I'd say, ask yourself these questions. How do you express love to other people and how do you express love to God? What's the most common way that you do that? And then of course, second, what do you complain about the most often, both in your human relationship and in your relationship with God? And then what do you request the most often, both in your human relationship and your relationship with God? I think all of those things will help point you to what your love language is. And then maybe even think through any possible disagreements or conflicts or even judgment that you've had within the body of Christ between other believers that were likely rooted in a difference of the way that you express love for God. And maybe you spent some time in prayer about that, asking God for forgiveness and having a heart to understand other people instead of judge other people. Because ultimately, we want unity in the body of Christ. And it's okay to look at a brother or sister and recognize that they're different. And we can disagree or we can think differently and we can still love each other. That's part of being part of a family. Let's pray. God, we thank you that you have created each one of us uniquely and differently, and there is no limitation to the way that you love us. So Lord, I thank you for even just the way that you've revealed the differences to us. Lord, forgive us for any of those moments that we have allowed this to cause division within the body of Christ or any judgment that we've been allowing in our hearts because of the differences within the body of Christ. But God, would you heal that even right now as you are revealing some of those things to us? Would you show us ways that we can produce unity and acceptance and love for our brothers and sisters in Christ. And even if they're different from us, even if they disagree with us or we disagree with them, even if we're in different camps with theology, God, we recognize that we can be in disagreement and still love each other because ultimately we understand and we agree on you, that you loved us, that you sent your son to die for us, that Jesus died and rose again to offer us this opportunity to have reconciliation with you. God, we thank you that your presence through your spirit enables us to understand these difficult concepts. And Lord, I pray for freedom for my friends. I pray for wisdom that as they are seeking you, that they would find you. I thank you and praise you in all things. Amen. Hey friend, every day when I finish the podcast, I feel so confident that this is one of the things that God created me for. And my journey is not unlike yours. I had a season in my life where I was doubting God's voice. I felt insecure about the things that I thought he might be telling me to do. If you were in that place, I want you to know that I offer spiritual direction and life coaching to help you get unstuck. Maybe you're struggling with something and need an objective biblical opinion. Maybe you need some help working through something that feels a little heavy. Maybe you feel called to write or start your own podcast, or maybe you just want to learn how to hear God's voice more clearly. For me, when God started to reveal his plan for my life, I found my purpose. And part of that purpose is to help you learn how to grow in your relationship with him. 
My heart is to help guide you in this area so you can step confidently into the calling God has for you. If you would like to start spiritual direction or life coaching, I'm opening up space for a couple more clients. You can head to shehears.org forward slash coaching to learn more. That's shehears.org forward slash coaching. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going. Keep going.